Hey, what's happening, people? This is just a quick rundown, yo, of the fact that a $1.7 billion company, a lot of people talk about what R. Kelly has done in the way of helping others create music and stuff like that. But we must understand whenever he did an album release, they also did a scandal. As soon as you won the scandal, you both you pulled the news network up, up to speed. What's happening, Miss Lady T? Hey, you came on early. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm, I was just thinking about this Jim Derogatis thing, especially the ones you put up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. those cool, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going into this AdCast podcast and nobody really talked about it. Mm -mm. You, know? you watched it yet? Huh? The podcast what? The AdCast podcast with, um, what's his name? Elliot? Nah, uh, 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 he on, oh, uh, let me see. Uh, what podcast thing? he on? It's a blue screen with a black dude. Let me see the name. Hey, Willie. Hey, what's happening, Willie Jones? Yo, Willie always quiet, man. <laughs> I swear he's going to be taking down the FBI when we do. Yes, let me go through it, right? Because Willie and Truly BuzzFeed is a $1.7 billion industry, right? And, every, mm -hmm. and, and it was built off the back of R. Kelly. A lot of people don't understand that. Jim Derogatis stalked R. Kelly for 30 years. When he started out, he was just a regular old um, wannabe at the Chicago Tribune, right? Right. And yeah, what to do, Willie? Man, what to do? And then he moved up by following all these things. He pushed the Aaliyah lies, you know. He pushed the the also the tape lie of it being a minor. He broke the chain of custody, you know what I'm saying? And he watched supposedly child porn. Like this guy was really he owes all Kelly everything. When you study it. And he continues to try to take everything for all This Earl Elliot, right? With your host, Eric Elliott. Eric Elliott. All right, AdCast listeners. Uh, I'm going to slow it down today because I have uh, this This gentleman is, uh, uh, I, I'm at a loss for words on some of the work that he's done for uh, over 30 years. Uh, you know, he's been a music critic, but also over the last 25 years or more, uh, he's been uh, instrumental in getting justice done for a lot of people. And right before the show, we were talking and I asked him, I said, I said, Jim, how do you feel? Um, and he said, you know, it's not about me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I have with me today, Mr. Jim DeRogatis. Uh, Jim. Uh, thank you for being a guest on the AdCast. You know, thank you so much. Uh, and oh, thank you. Thank you for your interest, Eric. I want to ask you a question, Ms. Lady T, right? Right. This guy ran the entire thing. He actually told the prosecutors, hurry up on this. We need to get this done. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever heard of a private citizen ordering the prosecutors around? Nope. Wow. Me neither. I've never come across it. And I've, I went into a lot of stuff. I've never come across a private citizen taking down, um, ordering prosecutors on what to do. Never. And he gave him a book. He said, the book, well, I'm going to go into it. I'm going to let him talk. Yeah. Um, you have a crazy story. And if someone's been under a rock right now, let's tell these folks exactly who got it. Well, I am an associate professor in the Department of English and Creative Writing at Columbia College. I had spent before that 15 years as the pop music critic 
at the Chicago Sun-Times. Roger Ebert did movies. I did all popular music. And uh, uh, I've written 10 books, most of them about music. And uh, I have a radio show, Sound Opinions, that's a very popular podcast heard around the world. And it's on 150 public radio stations across the U.S. Now, seeing you have a podcast on 150 radio stations, don't mean 150 people listen to your podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is just amazing. So if he really had people listening, if he was really important or somebody was interested in him, he would say how many viewers he had. You want to say how many radio stations he's in. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And and also, uh, you know, a lot of Jim's work um, has actually filled up and actually gotten justice for a lot of women and uh, for those who have seen the show Surviving Our Club. And after the trial of Kelly, a lot of Jim's work uh, was actually very instrumental in that. Um, but I want to go back to, you know, I think it was in November, I think you described in your book, it was closer around probably Thanksgiving or Christmas time, one of those holidays, when you guys were actually packing it up for the night. I think there was uh, Mr. Palish and also Mary, who was actually working with you guys. And, uh, and you just got this mysterious tape. You got this tape. Tell us about this. Walk us through that, Jim, on what that was like for you. Well, you know, the tape gets conflated with the facts, uh, Aaron. Um, I received an anonymous fax on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving 2000. I had uh, reviewed R. Kelly's TP2.com. Uh, you know, it was the sequel to 12play, tp2.com. 12play, of course, because an ordinary lover, Eric, might give you four play, but the sexual super freak would do three times better. Uh, Kelly never did his proclivities. Um, you know, when I thought it was from a player hater, you know, he's usually beloved black superstar in Chicago. Uh, Chicago's a racially divided town. Whenever I wrote about R&B or hip-hop, that's not music, that's noise. Uh, and this thing, this sentence in air quotes had been around since I first arrived in Chicago in 1991. R. Kelly likes them young. And I will admit I never stopped to think about what that meant. The mm -hmm. Aaliyah thing had blown up in 1996. Um, you know, it was out there that uh, they had gotten married. Uh, the record company said she was 15, but, you know, they were also whispering maybe she's 18, maybe they got married, maybe they didn't. Uh, it was successfully covered up, which is hard to believe today. But yeah. two of the big... Whenever somebody says something like that, it's hard to believe today, right? That means you know they lying. How can you cover it up when the person involved is a county clerk and also a former politician? of that state. He'd been doing marriage licenses since the 60s, like straight up. If you check this guy, David Orr, he'd been doing marriage licenses since the 60s. Biggest superstar. You can't like risk a 40 year old job by, by trying to help out a, a rap star. Where's the money that went to it? You know, and when you check Prima Donna's video, I went over this with EJ Branham yesterday, right? You check Prima Donna's video, the priest said that he was doing it as a favor and he got twenty or fifty dollars to do the ceremony. That don't make no damn sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are you doing the favor for? Who you doing the favor to? You know what I'm saying? You you don't even have a counseling session with the with the couple. What's going on? And Aaliyah said four times she wasn't married, but 
This guy keeps putting it out. Every rumor we've ever heard about R. Kelly came from Jim Derogatis for 30 years. In the music world, uh, may have had an illicit, illegal, uh, destructive relationship when she was, we now know in federal court, 14 and 15. Um, all of this had been out there. No one had done any real reporting on it. I got that fax and, you know, hey, I, uh, I threw it in the slush pile, Eric, of press releases I'd never read and hate mail from uh, people telling me I was an idiot as a critic. Mm -hmm. um, but I went home on Thanksgiving weekend and certain things haunted me that said that, that there had been an active police investigation for a year and a half. It, it named a lawsuit that had never been reported, uh, filed by an underage girl, which I found. So check this. They've been saying, I was thinking that he was under investigation since 2001, right? But he's been under investigation off and on since probably 1996. And and now they're coming up with all this stuff in 2022. Make it make sense. How could this have been filed in court? Nobody wrote about it. Uh, it had specific names and dates. I broke my rule of only going to the office once a week because they wouldn't let me sit around in my sweatpants and blast loud music and try to work at home. Uh, and and I read it carefully. I called the Chicago Police Department switchboard, and there had been a name, a very long Polish name, of a sergeant heading the investigation. And I asked for her, and they said, nobody here by that name. And I almost hung up, and I said, wait, well, is there a similar Polish surname in sex crimes? Yo, Ms. Lady T, right? He talking about Tiffany Hawkins, right? What was right. The deal again? Mm -hmm. What was the deal with Tiffany Hawkins again? With Demetrius Smith. Mm. What did Demetrius, she was with Demetrius Smith, right? And she had a baby for Demetrius Smith? Mm-hmm. They tried to put it on R. Kelly, and it was an R. Kelly baby. Oh. And then there was a lawsuit that came out because of that. And he's talking about the filings of the lawsuit. Mm -hmm. So he, he's been reporting on this since 1996. And he said people were, were, were hitting him up and saying he's an idiot. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to keep going. And the operator sighed and connected me. Sergeant Chandruski picked up the phone. I said, I'm Jim Giragatis from the Sun-Times. I'm calling about your investigation into R. Kelly. And she said, oh. I was wondering how long it would be before someone yeah. asked, asked me about that. I can't talk to you and hung up. And so from the low rent pop music critic desk in the features section next to the wonderful woman, Denise O'Neill, who put the horoscopes and comics together, I went into the city room and talked to the city editor, and he read the letter. And, and uh, it was anonymous, and, and he said, look, I'll have Abdin Palish, the court's reporter, check and see if this lawsuit was ever filed. You keep making phone calls in the music world. And we were off and running uh, six weeks of the most intense 18-hour day reporting I've ever done. That story runs December 21, 2000, right before Christmas. And Abdin and I thought, this man is finished. The level of detail, the women who had trusted us and talked to us, the lawsuit, documents we got unsealed uh, in Michigan uh, from the OES settlement, we thought he was finished. Instead, we were vilified on black radio. To there was never an Aaliyah settlement. Where, where is he coming up with this stuff? Aaliyah was Barry Hankerson's niece. They, they never got to know. There was no settlement to have. So he's just throwing in whatever he feel like right now. It's all about the book.
two white reporters uh, coming after this beloved superstar. And it was really Mary Mitchell, the brilliant African-American columnist. Um, she was 45 when she went back to college to study journalism after raising her three children. A true inspiration. Um, hey, you give them, a, you give uh, Abden and Mary a lot of credit too. And yeah, that, it was never just Mary, very good. Mary kept saying, "Hey, these reporters are white. So what? He is victimizing your daughters, your sisters, your aunties, your nieces." This has to stop. Black community, wake up. And, uh, you know, so so that's 2000. It wasn't until February 2002 I was working at home. I had just finished uh, uh, transcribing an interview with Alicia Keys. Yo, know that name, right? That Michelle name, know that name, because she needs to be investigated too, right? Because she's 45 with three kids, just came out of college, working as a small-time journalist. She needed money. You know what I'm saying? They made $1.7 billion off this. Yeah. Phone rings and it says, go to your mailbox. And uh, there was a mail envelope unmarked with a VHS tape unmarked. We had heard about this apparently ongoing uh, sexual abuse by Kelly of a 14-year-old. Uh, her family had refused to talk to us. Um, and here was 26 minutes and 39 seconds of the most horrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. Kelly victimizing this girl and ultimately urinating in her mouth. Called me daddy, instructing her what to do. And we thought, once again, this is it. He's finished. But yeah. it, it took six months for the Chicago authorities to indict him. When they did, it was on very narrow charges of making child pornography and not a statutory rape because the girl, her mother and her father were in Europe for six months. So note the crime, right? He already said, he watched the tape. He gave it to the cops. He watched the tape first, 36 minutes. He knows the number off the head. That means he watched it multiple times. Yo. This guy's a widow. Which actually, if I remember correctly, he turned out to be like a bass player. Um, yes. Album, yeah, right? guitarist and bassist who had played uh, with Kelly, uh, mm -hmm. and the girl's aunt was Sparkle, whom Kelly had recorded and produced, and Sparkle had split uh, from Kelly because of his behavior. When I first called her in 2000 and said, "We are hearing stories of your niece," uh, and she, she, uh, you know, freaked out on me. Uh, I don't know what happens behind closed doors. You're talking about. One of the loves of my life, my. Where does he keep hearing these stories from? So he knew about the tape before the tape existed. You see what I'm saying? But, you know, uh, she hung up on me. And yeah. now she was calling about this tape. There's a tape on the streets. I had said, until we have the tape, there's not much we can do, Stephanie. Uh, and then the tape appears. And I had to watch it with Sparkle, Stephanie Edwards. So he is saying he got the tape from the streets. Same thing everybody else said. That's not the original tape. Whatever he's trying to put forward as the tape, he never had the original. That was the time frame she had worn her hair that way when she was 14. Okay. So him and Spock were born in this one. He's indicted in July 2002. It took six years to go to trial. Yeah, I mean, you or I 
on reduced of a crime far less than raping a 14-year-old. We're going to be in uh, the years, uh in, in no time at all. This, yeah. this broke every record. Six years of investigations. Lisa Van Allen, um, that other dude, Chuck and Keith, were running around the streets trying to hold the tape ransom, trying to have meetings with all kind of, um, what you would call it, media people. All right. County and the judge, a lousy, in my opinion, uh, biased for the defense jurist, uh, consistently ruled for Kelly at every turn. Um, by the time he, he, had a, he, had an, he had an attorney with a lot of sway. He had a, an attorney who was a self-professed mob attorney, uh, and uh, you know, uh, was that white guy a, a mob attorney? The one who went crazy near the end. Ms. Lady still there? Here. Yeah, that guy, that 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 attorney, cause he had an attorney that at the end tried to say that R. Kelly was guilty, and then he died soon after that, right? Yep. Supposedly. Was he a mob attorney? I don't believe he was a mob attorney, was he? I don't know for sure. Anyways, I'm going to keep going. This guy, this guy is a wealth of information right now. He's just bragging. He's like, yo, we got a conviction. I'm good. <laughs> he had a lot of money. He was at the height of his fame. You know, while he was awaiting trial, admission remix comes out. He'd never been bigger. Uh, and the fact that it was reduced to one girl on one video tape, and neither she nor her parents testified, the jury was convinced it was Kelly, uh, but they didn't hear from the victim. And they were shocked after they acquitted him uh, mm. uh, when they were interviewed, saying, We never knew there were other victims. There was not a word about Aaliyah. There was not a word about the then documented in civil lawsuits by underage victims. There was no sense that Kelly was a predator. Uh, you know, like, put it in context, Eric. This is the, the era of Tommy Lee and Pam Anderson uh, mm -hmm. having that sex game stolen from their house. Mm -hmm. And then they decide to cash in on five underage victims in the 1990s. That means he was talking about the three the three women who were supposed to be on the tapes, the Tiffany Hawkins and Aaliyah. Was, there was others in them or? Anyway, I can't keep picking Mr. T brain. <laughs> but I don't think there's any others than them. And give it an official release. You know, this wasn't that, my friend. This was part of mine. The, the young girl had taken this book of a rape. And she was an automaton being directed by Kelly on videotape in house policing. And, and it was just the same. Um, that was a true love play, you know. But, you know, people say, like, your job, eh? In, she in, was an automaton? Yeah, you, know, you kept on it. I, I kept answering my phone, right? Um, when young women come to someone and say, I've been hurt, no one believes me, um, I'm scared to talk out because you could destroy me, but I've seen what you reported, I respect you, will you tell my story? I don't think you're a reporter, but I don't think you're a human being if you don't take that call. You were being walking down the street. We see a woman screaming in distress. We're going to do a trial to help. We're going to help. We're going to call 911. We're going to blow the police whistle. We're going to, uh, you know, if you're a big guy like me or you, maybe you're stupid enough to take after somebody. All right. You don't sit there and do nothing. And so when I call the cops, the women, you know, the courage to trust a pathway rock critic with tattoos of all of his favorite fans up and down his arms. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, that is, uh, 
that is great for the And yeah. the least you can do as a reporter is to uh, tell their stories and to try to do the justice. Jim, you know, I, I want to go way back to the time when you actually called the sergeant the first time and she said to you, I was wondering when something was going to happen and then just hung up there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, just think about, like, if, if you, you know, people always say, like, if you could go back and talk to you and your yourself, mm-hmm. if you never stayed on it at that He said the sex crime woman said she wanted to know when somebody's going to ask a question and then pulled out the damn fake lawsuit from Tiffany Hawkins, who was in a relationship with Demetrius Smith. People don't make no damn sense. They just try to, point, girls, it's always girls. You getting hung up on. Would we have justice today? Because everything that you did was vital. Well, taking justice for these young ladies. Man. You know, and yet, uh, Tisha Barnes or any gay overlay of the New York Valley movement, uh, it launched literally the day after the cult story I published with mm-hmm. BuzzFeed in 2017. They say, without this work. He got $200 million in 2017, right? So he started this, this um, Mute R. Kelly movement. He started it. Uh, we wouldn't have done this. We had heard three oh. years, but we had had enough. Um, three Hampton, who was wow. a brilliant part of surviving Mark Kelly. Yeah. The yeah. Lifetime people, different story. Uh, but Dream Hampton, uh, the show that are behind the first uh, season of Surviving Mark Kelly, said, without your recording, we wouldn't have been able to do this. But I mean, mostly it was the women, you know, and we always felt, Adam and me and Mary, that we were late to this story. At the end of 2000, because victim number one, Tiffany Hawkins, was 1991. Right. And Leah was 1995 and 1996. Um, uh, I always felt guilty that we hadn't gotten there sooner. So, so all these things are happening around, and these are court documents, and then yeah. settlements going out. And and there was there was actually uh, an attorney that was actually in Chicago, and everyone yeah. said, if you want money, you go to this attorney, and, and she'll get you a settlement. But, but what was the music industry saying? I mean, like the labels, I mean, how could they say, you know, like there has to be some kind of morality to say, you know, hey, we're big artists and, and we need to know if these things are true or, you know, what's happening or we can't have you on the label. You, you, what, didn't, you, music? you didn't just say morality and music industry in the same sentence, did you? Well, Jive Records is started by a South African man in London, uh, Life Coleman, and it is run by a Jewish fellow in New York, Barry Weiss, they were well aware of the hush money settlements being paid to underage women. They were well aware of the Aaliyah uh, statutory rape. Uh, there was money to be made, and they weren't going to derail the gravy train. The music industry is complicit, from the lowliest tape operator and studio gopher to Clive Golder and Barry Weiss at the top of Jive Records. They knew about this behavior for decades. They turned a blind eye uh, as long as money was being made. Kelly sold 100 million records, about 70 million of his own, and then let's tack on the artists he produced, everyone from Whitney Houston and Celine Dion, to Justin Bieber and Lady Gaga. Michael uh, Jackson. Michael Jackson. Oh. Yeah, I remember asking people who work in Chicago River Company what was the conversation like between those. Uh, Kelly wrote, you were not alone about Leah, but Jackson makes it a hit, and it, it, it spoke to both of the... I know uh, it's about Leah's again. Both of those men, uh, really, in retrospect. But Kelly never made a secret. What was the title of the album he wrote and produced for Leah? AJ, nothing but a number. It was there in, in a very Dostoevsky prime and punishment way. EJ was telling me that Aaliyah gave, um, made up the name AJ, nothing but a number for that song. We went over that yesterday. So all this, yo, I'm, I, I mean, the guys can't even barely read, yo. He was announcing his crimes and. Perhaps if you want to play armchair psychiatrist, something I always resist, 
perhaps saying, catch me if you can, stop me if you will. Um, you know, to be clear, the many, many, many young women who trusted me with their stories, they never said, I hate the SLB. Lock me away for life. Hmm. They always said that brother has a problem. Brother needs help. Brother's got to stop. That's that's quoted in your book, too. Again and again, I heard those words more than any other. And the other. Again, the book. He's just trying. See, this is all the book thing. He only got 37 views. That shows how irrelevant this nigga is, man. If you got 150 shows on, sorry, 150 channels on multiple radio stations, everybody should be tuning into your fat ass. You should be the man.
He mm-hmm. said, uh, and this was towards the end of the recording for the book, that sick MFer is talking to other sick MFers who are on his life. Now, I understand the power of music. If I believe I can fly, take your kids in your garden graduation. And my kids, my five-year-old thing today. And Step in the Name of Love was your wedding song. And Ignition Remix was the party jam of every backyard barbecue you ever went to. That music, in some ways, is yours as much as it is his. I understand that. And we can have a philosophical discussion about separating the art and the artist. But Kelly, consistently in the vast body of his work, was championing an unfettered vision of hedonism that said, I will take my pleasure where I desire with no regard for who I hurt. Right? And if you listen again with fresh ears and think about that, he never made a secret. You know, famously after the acquittal of 2008, he does an interview with Torrey, but Torrey asks him, you know, do you like young girls? And he takes a serious moment and he says, how young are we talking? Right? You know, I mean, he didn't make a secret of this. It's just that those black girls didn't matter to anyone. And, you know, People say, well, you know, how did you make it? Well, first of all, I just answered the phone. I was mm-hmm. always here. I never twisted anyone's arm. But I want you all to always understand how these people talk. Anybody who want to talk about they want to defend you, get the fuck out of your face. We want evidence. That's it. I don't want nobody defending us. We want evidence. We want to make sure you get in contact with the cops. Get yourself in the, on the right direction and they can investigate. You know what I'm saying? Other than that, don't bring it to us until you got a court conviction that shows you ain't a motherfucking liar. This nigga's a fraud, yeah? and he made $1.7 billion being a fraud. In some cases, it took them nine months to decide to go on the record or to speak to me at all. In some cases, it took five years. You're on the case, who was the first witness to testify in Brooklyn. Um, but, uh, you know, I had a picture. We, Abbott and I went to Kenwood Academy, which is one of the most prestigious public high schools in Chicago. Kelly attended. Didn't graduate because by his own admission, he cannot read. Um, we pulled the yearbook. We saw the picture of some of his victims, and the one in particular, Tiffany, you know, with braces on them, a volleyball player. You know, this was not a bitch, a hoe, a gold digger, right? This was our daughter, man. You know, yours, mine, right? Uh, you know, it's- he ain't got no daughters, and he always does this interview dynamic. It's always with the black person. The black person has to bring down R. Kelly. Otherwise, it's just a white guy speaking. He said it earlier. That's why he started hooking up with that woman, that white, that black lady who's 45 with three kids in um, Chicago Tribune, who just finished college. I can't remember the name. She needs to be um, checked too. Skin color is irrelevant. It's a 15 year old, you know? And, um, you know, I mean, that was the motivation, realizing and bothering to listen to the people he heard. You know, are they all perfect? No, a lot of them were screwed up kids who made mistakes, who thought he really loves me. He's got to make me a star like he made Leah a star. Right? But they believed him. They, they, they believed him. You know, at, the time, at the time, there was no there was no YouTube or Instagram to get them famous. So, you know, if they felt they had a connection, they felt like this is this is what they had to be able to go through it. Right? Find kids do kind of things. Who yeah. hasn't bought boobs underage? Who hasn't uh, been, been, been seen by the cops smoking weed in the park? I mean, that's what 15 year olds do, for God's sake. But, you know, why? So at that point, why did they, when I say they, the police department, you know, because some of this could have been nipped in the bud, and a lot of people can, could, we could have uh, stopped a lot of the hurt earlier on if people had just listened. Well, so why is it that they hang up and they just didn't, didn't no, do anything else from that point? No, uh, the, the sex crimes investigators were diligent. You know, yeah. it, it is easy to paint the Chicago Police Department, who, let us not forget, shot up one McDonald's 16 times in the back, walking away. Mm-hmm. All right. It is easy to paint them with one brush. The white investigators on that squad knew that what he was doing and tried to stop it. 
But there's a complex system in Chicago. The courts failed these black girls. Did he also say that all Kelly's bodyguards were all um, ex-cops or off-duty cops? How can you have a cop saying, we really want to know, we want to get the evidence, blah, blah, blah. And at the same time, all the cops are working on it as a security. Make it make sense. Even back then, he had NOI security. And Jim Derogata said this himself. So make it make sense. How you Even whether you're off-duty or on-duty, you're always on-duty. It's like a CIA operator. Even if they, they retire, they're still CIA. Like, I got a CIA dude on my um, Twitter. And I talk to him every now and then, yo. And he be putting me on to, like, books and stuff. But we don't get too deep in the conversation, you know what I'm saying? But I know he's still, he's still with the business. But he's on a different level with the business. He's on a lower tier. But once you're there, you don't stop. That's a 24 job. Where's the principal of Edward Academy for Whitney Young, who allowed him to come and talk to the choir classes of 14 and 15 girls? Journalism failed because it was only the Sun Times. The Black Church failed. You know, Reverend James Meeks, right hand man to Jesse Jackson, was on TV with Kelly at his side as his spiritual advisor and was with Ed Gordon and busing uh, school buses full of kindergarten kids in free R. Kelly t shirts in his foreign appearances all the way from 2002 to 2000. So not only does he slander R. Kelly, he also slanders the priest, the reverend that backed R. Kelly, and all the little kids who came saying we love R. Kelly. It's crazy, yo. He's he's just hitting every black person while using a black person to shield himself. Like they treat they treat our color like it's so, you know, yeah, like we just useful idiots. Most of all the music industry that we can already talk about. Um, there were a handful of people with conscience, but there were also Super villains. We heard at the uh, trial in Brooklyn, there were cops, Chicago cops, who in their off-duty hours worked security for Kelly at triple the pay of the cop, right? You know, and they saw this shit, Eric. You know, yeah. there is no way it was it was not possible. Oh. You know, we had one cop testify, but I never saw anything. Did you ask the girls their ages? But I wasn't guarding them. I mean, come on, come on. You know, and it parents that the as the girls their ages were being what? They never he never saw nobody having sex with R. Kelly, he's just a guard. And if they are a certain, if they are too young, it's just like show your ID. You know what I'm saying? Like they haven't proven any minor to be around Kells like that, except for Aaliyah, who was working with Kells, and the other girl, um, Rashonda, who was also working with Kells. That was it. They weren't. And even Rashonda, she didn't even look old enough to be inside that tape in the first place. So now let's go to like the first trial, which took like six years. Yeah. It is and this guy will take the fifth. He's not going on trial to save these black girls. You know what I'm saying? But he's going online to push rumors. Every rumor we heard about R. Kelly for 30 years came from Jim Derogatis. Unheard of. Yeah. Um, so okay, he before hey, that he's about the gym Yeah, he does like a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar bond. Immediately pays pays in cash. Immediately whisked away to Chicago right after that, you know, and then you know, court proceedings take forever and a day. Yeah. In the mean in the meantime, hit after hit. I mean you can turn on the song and I and I'll be honest with you. If I told you that I never jammed an R. Kelly song or listened to it, I I'd be of course, of course, you know. But but in the meantime, from that time, you turn on the radio, almost every song you heard, yeah. either he uh, sang himself or he produced. Yeah. Like you talked about the other 30 million records that were out there for other artists or producer pen for him. 
Um, and so now we have this delay in court. Yeah. The judge gets hurt, they break their leg or something falling off yeah, the ladder. Yeah, all of that. Just BS. contact these guys ever coming I mean, it was, they were slowing down the wheels of justice. Mm -hmm. uh, the money was flowing um, to, uh, and every day that girl who was 14 on the tape, and quite obviously so, got a lawyer. And it was unclear whether they were going to subpoena her. Ultimately, they didn't because they felt she has been victimized enough to subpoena her and force her to testify and lie yeah, on the stand. Continue to lie on the um, like, you know, it, look, it, it was blood for Chicago justice, you know, uh, it's, it's BS. Um, and, and, you know, race is at the center of everything, Eric. I don't have to tell you why many people of color are behind bars, wounded, convicted, okay? But yeah. let's just ruminate on how lucky Porter Kelly was. There's a half hour, that's a long time. Think of an average sitcom, right? A half yeah. hour of horror, and he's acquitted. In Florida, when they arrested him on the, on the Chicago charges, the cops, the sheriff's office, went into the vacation hall. He was, he had two, one for the family and one where he partied with his boys. And they find all of these video cameras set up and they confiscate the video cameras. And on those video cameras are images of him having sexual contact with the 14 year old, other underage women as well, and legal women participating in. That's another lie. They never found the only tape they ever got was from Deborah Goddess. They never had an original. They never found it on the compound. This guy's just interjecting fake evidence. These threesomes, that's thrown out in the state of Florida as illegal search and seizure. I, you know, if somebody calls and says, I'm smelling weed from next door back when it was illegal, and the cops knock on the door, they open the door, and they see like a 14-year-old, a pound of coke, and, and two pounds of weed on the coffee table. You know, that's like your stupidity, you're done, right? Yeah, yeah. Kelly was the only brother in the history of the freaking state of Florida to get off on an obvious crime. They have images, right? I mean, the man had an incredible amount of luck. Images that were proven not even to be him under forensic analysis. This guy's lost. He's, it's just about the book. It's all about the narrative. There's no truth in these people. And this is a cult. This is how the satanic cult operates. Combined with an extraordinary, you know, when he sings, and I admit, the last publicly released song before he is arrested, uh, that I am a broke ass nigga, he is singing it uh, because he is broke, right? Yeah, he said, well, well, he said, well, a broke ass legend. A broke ass legend, yeah, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, different, I've seen, I heard three or four different recordings of that. And he's a rich bum. $1.7 billion you made off this man's back. He ain't broke no more. He ain't broke no more. Bet that. Mm -hmm. uh, because a source in the camp is leaking it to me, and it wasn't until the last minute he name drops me in there. Yeah, I heard that. You know, um, you know, he's broke because he squandered half a billion dollars on lawyers and hush money and thugs to threaten uh, these women, these young girls, and their families. Uh, it's truly extraordinary. You know, he earned a billion dollars for Jive and half a billion for himself. He was a cash cow. He was a cash cow. Yeah. Cash cow. So now with the Aaliyah thing, because Aaliyah, her her uncle was his manager, and now just recently, like he's come out and he started, you know, kind of talking up for her. But I mean, where was the protection for her? And I'm not I'm not sitting here. Uh, I'm not going to be one of those people. So where were the parents and all this stuff? I'll, I'll let everyone else the, the uncle that blew up his girlfriend's uncle. You know, like, okay. It seemed like after all this came out. There was like this line of separation between the two of them. They never saw them. No, they, they, never, they never spoke again. Uh, within hours of that illegal marriage, they were separated, and then it was in the open courts uh, shortly thereafter. I thought it was three days. Um, look, 
I think my answer to this uh, is for both. All the people who say, where were the parents? Yeah, um, there's going to be a lot of, there's right. going to be a lot of people. Uh, Leah was just another 15-year-old, okay? Yeah. Uh, there's the other factor that the people around her and Kelly don't want to derail these careers. But at the end of the day, she's a 15-year-old uh, sophomore from the Detroit school. Leah needs to talk to um, brother. It is easy to say, where were the parents? In many cases, we are underestimating the power of the predator. Right? How many parents in the white Irish Catholic world trust the parish priest with their little older boy? And yeah. you know, father would never do that. Why are you saying this about father? All right. Yeah, right, um, right. Let's look at John Benet Ramsey, super sexualizing a six or seven year old toddler as a beauty queen. Right? Where were the parents there? The strongest drug in our society is this lust for fame. And I think that you know what I heard so often from parents is. I knew there was stuff that were. That's how he got his fame. Notice how he always brings up, oh, he dropped his name in, my, in that song. He dropped my name in that song. Happy as fuck. It's fat fucking. Rumors he was acquitted, but I was going to be by my daughter's side the whole time. He was never going to be alone with her. And that is people lying to themselves because they want to believe the same way Mrs. Murphy believes that the father at the parish would never, right? Uh, of course, he can be alone with the victim. You know, he's not going to be alone. There's going to be another boy there, right? I mean, come on. The predator is expert at manipulating people to his own devices. And that's the thing, too. Or Kelly was never really alone. That was the problem. He was never alone. He had a whole crew. Like, people don't understand, right? Even MC Hammer used to do that. MC Hammer used to have 30 backup dancers on retainer that was practicing every day, and he had to be like, I don't know, I ain't got no more money for you. Things are going down a little bit. They targeted MC Hammer, too. A lot of people don't want to talk about that. But R. Kelly always had an entourage, whether they were paid or not. If they weren't paid, they started doing weird shit, trying to get money on the side, trying to blackmail. I'm a music critic. I had to become expert on this. The number of criminal, sexual uh, psychiatrists and investigators that I've talked to, we still don't understand. It's uh, 30 years. You must have talked to about a couple of hundred. What drives them, what compels them. And of course, Kelly, like Michael Jackson, had a very difficult, troubled, abusive upbringing. Here we go with yeah, Michael Jackson. Because some of the experts have told me the vast majority of people abused as children, in fact, become defenders of children. Right. Uh, I think Chad Jackson got something against him. Better have something against him. It was perpetrated on them. But it crystallized for me early on when one of his right hand men who came up with him and was the road manager says to me, Demetrius Smith. Demetrius Smith. Because you got to understand, Jim, night after night in the green room after the show, there are 20 gorgeous half naked women who would do anything for him, 20, 21 years old. And then there's the little girl in the corner staring at her shoes, too shy to talk to anyone, uh, hiding her acne. And night after night after night, that is who he goes after. And that's how I am. You know, we can get technical. It is not pedophilia. Pedophilia is prepubescent kids. Ephemophilia is the term for grown men drawn to pubescent, just about you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, preteen, teens, uh, whatever. The power relations here of him. Ruining the lives of so many young girls for 30 years in the full layer of the brightest spotlight in the music world is it, just astonishing. And much research has been done uh, by brilliant uh, uh, men and women about the early sexualization of young girls of color, uh, black and Latinx. You know, we don't see the 14 year old black girl the same way we see the 14 year old white girl. I mean, the black 
being, right? Yeah. You know, they were sexualized early. Uh, none of that forgives it. Even if she thought she was willing, uh, she didn't sign up for a relationship that at the end she attempts suicide. That happened to several young girls, but she's forced to have an abortion, but she's physically and mentally abused. That he urinates in her mouth, that he forces her to eat her own feces when she breaks daddy's rules. All of this court testimony in federal court, okay? Wow. So no one likes it required anymore. He's convicted. So now the BuzzFeed article, when you know, it seems like everything kind of, you know, kind of went to sleep. Yeah. And then that they've been waiting for that. They've been waiting for that. He's convicted. No need to, no need to say allegedly no more. As done said, that she had to eat poop, <laughs> taking pee in the mouth and stuff. It's alleged. Ain't alleged no more. Now you can write it in your story. I'm gonna go back to um, Jim Derogatis, Michael Jackson, music critic Derogatis reviews Jackson's career and PR. June 25th, 2009, 2019, Jim Derogatis consuming the art of a predator as always. Talking about Michael Jackson off the wall, Jackson 5. Sound opinions, host Jim Derogatis, Greg, Greg Cott to discuss Michael Jackson. If we sing along to Michael Jackson or R. Kelly, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? This guy's, he's running both of them. It ain't just, it ain't just R. Kelly. That Neverland thing um, failed. Jim Derogatis broke the broke the R. Kelly story in 2000, meaning he was the first Chicago Sun-Times. That's an um, Vox.com. Wow. Jim Derogatis' soulless is a damning look at why it took so long for R. Kelly to fall. And he's more difficult to accept the accusations against Michael Jackson. June 16, 2019, 2017. This is when he got the 200 million from NBC. Jim Derogatis on his R. Kelly story for BuzzFeed. Jim Derogatis has been reporting on R. Kelly's alleged mixed deeds. We admire, and Michael Jackson, I bet. Yo, Culture Box, right? Slate.com slash culture, 2017-707. Jim Derogatis on his R. Kelly trial um, story for BuzzFeed. He owns BuzzFeed, he's still doing stories. He's doing specific stories on R. Kelly and Michael Jackson. Is R. Kelly finally having his Bill Cosby moment? Jim Derogatis on 16 years reporting on the singer's alleged sex crimes and why he hopes this time it will be different. 10.32 p.m. Um, on December 21st, 2000, Jim Derogatis and Abdon M. Palas wrote in the Chicago Sun-Times that R. Kelly used his position of fame and influence as a pop superstar to meet girls as young as 15 and have sex with them. According to court records and interviews, two years later, Jim, De sorry, two years later, Deborah Goddess was mailed a videotape that showed a man that looked like Kelly engaging in a sex act with what appeared to be an underage girl. That tape would be, appeared to be an underage girl. That tape would be at the center of a 2008 criminal trial in which the singer was ultimate. It's all, all over again. The tape, the tape, if there's surviving or Kelly, then you get the trial. You got the tape, and then you get the trial. That tape will be at the center of a 2008 criminal trial in which the singer was ultimately found not guilty of producing child pornography. He was already reporting on R. Kelly since 1996. He got the, 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 the lead on the tape in 2000, right? And from there, he got the trial two years later because he pushed for the trial, and he talked to Slavinsky inside sex crimes. Bet, from his own talk. By this time, he was broke. 2000, he was broke. How you go from broken 2000 to $1.7 billion, this is it. This is how you do it.
because all of this is ratings. They did it with OJ. Kelly was acquitted in that case after the judge did not follow, sorry, did not allow jurors to hear evidence. No, Kelly was acquitted in that case after they found through forensics that the tape was false, much of which had been dug up by derogatis. Much of which, all of which, that Kelly habitually had sex with underage girls, that he paid settlements to several of those girls, and that he married R&B star Aaliyah when she was 15 years old. We're now seeing this new marriage certificate this year at this trial. Before that, we had three other marriage certificates saying they're from Chicago with the same number, 955-880-5 or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? All right. On Monday, nearly 17 years after he first reported on Kelly's alleged sex crimes, Derogatis published an article for BuzzFeed surfacing allegations that the trapped in the closet auteur lured multiple young women into abusive, controlling sexual relationships. Here is the quote. The story focuses primarily on two aspiring musicians from Georgia and Florida. Was as Lord or did the parents send them? This is what we're now hearing. The parents sent them. Was Jocelyn Lord or did her father send them? And her mother. They send them. They send them. Women Deborah Goddess does not name to protect their privacy, both of whom have cut off contact with their parents. That means Angelo and, and Tim Savage had to confirm this in 2017. Three women he does name, former members of Kelly's inner circle, told Deborah Goddess that six women live in properties rented by Kelly in Chicago and the Atlanta suburbs, and he controls every aspect of their lives, dictating what they eat, how they dress, when they bathe, when they sleep, and how they engage in sexual encounters that he records. He is the case. He creates the cases. He's been creating the cases. And now he got $1.75, $1.7 billion. And because it made so much good money for NBC back in the days, they gave him additional $200 million, allegedly, for that purpose, to, keep, to do what he did again. This is when he got the $200 million, 2017. Go back to his words, man. He's doing all the psychiatric shit. It just woke everything up again. And that was kind of the catalyst of when people stopped showing up to shows, yeah. shows were being canceled, and, and everything else. Now, uh, and, and this did, that part did not come out of nowhere for you because you had people reaching out to you, telling you what they were going through. Yeah, I mean, I spent nine months working on that story and accumulating more and more evidence. First, the Sabbath. Was this nigga giving birth? All right, here we go. Here you, here you come on with the savages. Just contacted me and trusted me. And the tragedy of this is their daughter is still defending Kelly. She's the oh, last Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Joy Savage, yeah. July 27, 2022. And then Kitty Jones and Asante McGee, other women, other people who worked uh, for that situation. By 2000, uh, 2017, he is splitting his time like a snowbird. The cold months in Chicago, he goes to Atlanta. But when it's too hot in Atlanta, he comes home to Chicago, maintaining this cult of six uh, to eight women at different times, some of them underage, uh, how they dress, when they eat, when they sleep, how they pleasure him in video encounters, when they break his rules, all of this complex, you know. 
again, I'm a reporter, but I'm not. I, I sometimes I feel like I'm a little slow. The first time, uh, some of these Angelo sent them cops to do quote unquote welfare checks. Well, what, what I think Dana said it was someone else. Um, house checks or something like that. Multiple times there was no miners there. There was no buckets. There was no chains. Me and EJ went over this yesterday too. No buckets. No chains. No nothing. It's just a few ladies that probably got a low spot that all Kelly paid for. Like, yo, y'all can stay there instead of being on the streets. Because they got so many thousands of black women missing in Chicago and children. But their regardless don't care about them. Though. Sources are telling me it's like the Manson cult. I'm saying, you know, I, you know Charles Manson, you know, I mean, that's yeah. 1969. You know, yeah. what, what kind of freakiness? Are you? And then you hear it the fourth and the fifth and the sixth times and you see emails and texts and photographs and on the record interviews and you say, yeah. I, and I think that since it wasn't televised because it's in federal court mm -hmm. and since the transcripts cost $200 or $300 a day for six weeks. So many people are still unaware, other than the headlines, of the reporters who were hand. If it's a case against R. Kelly that's ironclad, why you got to pay $200, $300 a, a day for six weeks just to get access to the transcripts? See, this is why I will always say people support Dana J. The wealth of information he is bringing to the people. About this, he should have done been on retainer as private investigator. He does it with a shoestring budget. With Dream Team actually helping him out going through it. After he lost his job, they made him lose his job. He's paying, Jim Goddess is allegedly paying or, or sponsoring people online who are going at, um, pushing the, his narrative and going at anybody who supports our country. You could do that when you got to, an extra $200 million. You got a $1.7 billion billion dollar company that was almost bankrupt the other day but you got another influx of cash i think what early this year because you were about to go bankrupt you were pushing all that that woke stuff because they were not allowed in the courtroom they were in an overflow room with a crappy video and audio feed, it's just a right? monitor, monitor just feed. a monitor that's going right. in and out right the things that were said in federal court are mind-blowing so he's now saying R. Kelly's case trial was not transparent. El Chapo had a transparent trial. And he killed people. You know what I'm saying? El Chapo had a transparent trial. But R. Kelly's trial was not transparent. Not only that, he's not adding in. They masked up all the jurors. So you can't see what they're thinking. They masked up people. And the court next to it, they made sure everybody was vaccinated, and they still had to wear the mask when they police. Make it make sense. There's, these are courts that are violating the Constitution, freedom of mobility. Anyway, mind were, were you surprised by anything that was said? Yeah, I, I, I had, there were things I'd never read. I had heard about his proclivities toward uh, young boys, but I had never spoken to one. We had two underage boys testify in Brooklyn. So 30 years, you never spoken to one. All of a sudden, now you can say, oh, he got a proclivity for young boys. Now we got two young boys on the list. For 30 years, you ain't found none of these, none of these little homos? Um, you know, when the one young girl reads the letter she wrote to herself at age 17 about the penalties, uh, 
he said age 17. He's talking about as as a young girl, she's 24. Uh, uh, not following the cat's rules, including eating her own feces. Uh, and and look, you know, always try to please daddy. You know, if he burps or farts, you say thank you, daddy. You you never question what daddy says, right? I mean, this is, you know, it, and here she is. Mind blowing, man. In, in her mid 20s, reading this. It's sick. It's the big lie. Yo, Miss Lady T, what do you think about this here so far, man? What up, EJ? You, you want to hop on? Miss Lady T, what do you think about this here so far? Shorty busy, man. It's all good. Let me roll through. Letter uh, to herself. And, and uh, she said, this is, this is, said, you know, minus. That part, EJ. That part. All them people dying in, in um Chicago. And he ain't, he ain't on none of it. He's focused on BuzzFeed and doing this woke shit. Yo, I got, you came up, right? Yeah, like speed. Yeah. Yo, he's on all this stuff. He's not studying nothing to do with Chicago, yo. What do I think? Yeah. Y'all know, y'all mess it up. You can get on, right, EJ? Message me if you can't get on. All right. This is Manson level cult. Wow. Man, so so you you yourself, I mean, you thought not heard at all, but heard most of it yeah. when you are in the federal court, and then you're just you should be able to get on mind blown by thing. some of the things that you've gotten as mind far mind. as I saw. I mean, there were so many people on the defense side as far as witnesses, but, but he didn't have a lot of support. He didn't, he didn't have, uh, he had a crummy five or six defense witnesses, and of course he didn't testify. Um, has to be underscored that to this day, after conviction and after sentencing, he has still not expressed remorse for the lives he ruined, much less any culpability. You know, um, I don't think he sees it that way. There was testimony. Y'all said invite EJ Sound. I was writing for the New Yorker, and I had the benefit of them funding the transcripts every day, which are the reading is horrifying. Um, and I, I, well, oh, Dana was on yo, big up Dana yo, respect. I even know you was on here. Yeah, love you so. Um, What's you know, up? You know, it's almost like you had an uh, you had an insight into. I it. had an insight. You, you, yeah. You've seen this before. Yeah. I've seen it before, and some of the women had first trusted me to tell their stories. Others were completely new to me, uh, which is horrifying. Given that I know the names and have talked to sixty-eight women over the years, I believe the real sixty-eight, sixty-eight, and I believe the real totals well. Because there were so many witnesses, both in the upcoming Chicago federal trial and the Brooklyn trial, that I'd never even heard of. Right? Uh, not even secondhand. You know, I was there with someone. So, you know, no, no, I've never even heard. So, um, yeah, there were things that blew my mind in, in trial and were truly sickening. And yet you still had people every day of those proceedings. Are so if anybody see Dana Tones. Pop back in, y'all want to hear And then, you know, uh, you know, what about this video on YouTube? Read the freaking transcript, right? 22 victims testify if they all want. <laughs> Yo, Dana, he even calling you out. What about this? What about this victim on YouTube? What about this video on YouTube? He calling you out, Dana. He calling out Prima Donna and Levi, yo. 
I can understand they committed a felony of perjury, right? They're not willing. And then look at the documentation, the videos, and the the uh, uh, emails, and the texts, and the audio recordings. I mean, they didn't even talk to this dude. Two black men, Wally in prison. We know that, okay? This is not one of them. So when, when did people start listening? Was it after the BuzzFeed article came out that they woke up and they started paying attention? Because that's when you really started to see it have yeah. an effect on his career at the time. Yeah, well, like I said, BuzzFeed leads to her. And yet, Tisha Barnes and Marty Gayo reviewed R. Kelly, and BuzzFeed leads to Dream Hampton surviving R. Kelly. But I really think it's only with the power of television and these women, one after another, after another, after another, coming into your living room, and you seeing that she's just like my sister, she's just like my aunt. You know, you've seen these women for, for two decades. I had sat one on one in coffee shops and conference rooms at the newspaper hearing these stories from these women, and now America's hearing them. And some of them are a little hard to believe, and but not all of them. <laughs> all right, not all yeah. people are complicated. Everyone is complicated. Uh, there is no ultimate black, ultimate white. There are shit between Rashonda and and R. Kelly. They own Buzzfeed. Real talk. Daily, you don't gotta get a job after this, bro. I'll be getting them. I think one of the most powerful scenes um, in that, um, I mean, all the women they had, they had a, uh, the testimonies were heart, heart wrenching and just pulled them. But just seeing that mother uh, pull her daughter out of the hotel, yeah, uh, at the time that was probably one of the scenes where I think it really clicked for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, and and there were people. It, 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 it was a lot of bravery to be able to create oh, that. Absolutely, not a lot of bravery. You know, Dominique Gardner, who was pulled out by her mother. Um, you know, first broke her silence with me, and it was nine months before she decided to talk. And she has still not given an in-depth interview to anyone else to this day. She doesn't speak in Surviving R. Kelly. You just see her mom uh, to rescue her. And then she went back, and then she split for good. I mean, it's a complicated story. She's now with a young mom in a happy relationship. And I haven't spoken to her since because her lawyer was furious that she talked to me. Uh, I didn't twist her arm. It took her nine months to decide to talk. Uh, and what she said was complicated. I loved him. He loved me. I, 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 you know, she doesn't know how to think. Part of her hates him. Part of her still loves him. Uh, and, you know, it's complicated, I think, for all of these women. But you know what? In every sexual assault trial anywhere in the world, it is complicated for every victim. You know, do I want to expose myself and speak the truth? Uh, I can't go again. through that. Uh, you know, you're stuff. When it was good, I mean, you know, Dominic said to me, when it was good, Jim, it was really, really good. And when it was bad, Wait, it was horrible. What do you mm -hmm. mean, Dominic? He beat me, he whipped me with an electric cord, he choked me, he refused to let me eat, he slapped me. And I was like, but I loved him and I thought he loved me. Oh, I mean, but again, you know, cops on the beat, the good ones, will tell you they show up at domestic abuse calls and the woman is battered and bleeding and so I was in misunderstanding nothing happened here. The victims often become uh, under the sway of their victimizers until it's too late and they wind up dead. Uh, man, what a shame. Dominique's what dead? Shame. <laughs> there are people, so, now, it's it's, it seems like a lot of this stuff was really covered up because there was money. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of money. Now, tell me about the, the one attorney, I think Loggins was the yeah, name. Susan the e. one attorney, well, she was like the settlement queen at the time. 
yeah for you know the young girls everyone would just like you know go there to get a payday yeah so, you know so what was that like i mean at some point is, is is there a duty and a responsibility that she should have to say hey you know authorities you, you guys got to look into this this is what i received she doesn't see it that way the rare occasions when she has spoken to me on the record uh i'm a defense attorney you need to investigate that name too yo susan loggins Yo, we need to do a thing on her because she had an ad in the paper saying, yo, you hook up with R. Kelly, give me some, I'll give you some money. Straight up. Yo, Dana, I got Dana as a moderator, man. So anytime you want to pop in, yo, just hop in, G. You know what I'm saying? Much love to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Anybody that see, you see raising hand, let's put them in because I can't see shit. <laughs> uh, I don't believe that these victims were going to get justice in criminal court. They came to me as a civil attorney. They knew that's what I did. You know, she filed the first several lawsuits by the first victims in court. And mm -hmm. then she began what I called a settlement factory. Mm -hmm. I believe there were a dozen or so settlements. Factory. A girl would come to her with the story. She would send them to a private investigator in the Chicago suburb of Finsdale, uh, take a line detector test. She'd go to Kelly's lawyers and say, I have another one. Uh, here's the story. What's this one for you? And they would get, and we're talking chunk change. We're talking 100, 200 grand. We're not talking millions. We're talking yeah. chunk change of which she kept 40%. All right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the record companies are aware. Kelly is so, is an odd combination of super street. She, she made a whole business out of hitting the all companies. Like these people are crazy. Smart. Oh my goodness. Vampires. You know, vampires. He actually tried to recoup the hush money to Tiffany Hawkins from his insurance company. Really?